Hello, I'm Jason Sorotin from the Orthodontic and Dentistry Digital Marketing Agency, Brain Bites Creative, and welcome to the Get It Straight podcast, where we examine the hottest topics in orthodontics and dentistry. I'm joined by my co-host, Judd Johns, president of ODO, the on-demand orthodontist. And on today's show, we're joined by a very progressive dentist who our good friend Judd is, is close with and doing business with, Dr. George Noisen. And Dr. George, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks so much for having me. How's it going? It's going good for April Fool's Day, considering all the <laughs> jokes that could be going on right now. Hey, well, Judd's here, so, you know. It's <laughs> 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 the first day of the day. Uh, okay, we're 30 seconds into this. <laughs> hey, you, I, I gave it at least 30 seconds. I think that's way better than before. Um, if you're interested yeah, in learning about Jay, is, <laughs> let's just let's call it out loud because it's chopped. It was the, the joke right now is the AV coming from uh, New Hampshire or, or whatever murky corner of the country you're in right now. <laughs> yeah, there is a chance that you're going to miss words that I'm saying because I'm in the middle of nowhere. And, uh, but that's beside the point today, we have a very special guest and I want to talk about him, Judd. We're going to talk to Dr. George Noisen, neverendingsmiles.com. And he is located in the great state of Minnesota. What town is it? I was just on the site looking for the exact town. What is it? The town is Red Wing, Minnesota. And Red Wing is very famous for those Red Wing boots that you might see throughout the United States. Mm -hmm. And also, Rydell skates is, are very big. Some of the Olympic skaters use those skates when they're doing their performances during the Olympics. How long have you been there? How long have I been here? Yeah. I started, I started my practice in, uh, in the fall of uh, 1986. Wow. So, you, so you're planted I, there. I'm planted. Um, <laughs> Graduated from dental school in 85. I did a one-year hospital residency at a trauma center in St. Paul and um, went through Red Wing a few times visiting a friend of mine and just decided I liked the area and uh, wrote to a few dentists asking them if they wanted associates. Of course, I didn't get a reply back then. And... Um, there was a female dentist in Red Wing said she had an extra room that I could uh, put a chair in and, and start my practice. So that's what I did. And uh, about after a year, she ended up going back to grad school uh, to do some research. I bought her practice and uh, grew it from there. I, I want to go back to one thing for, for those who don't know, you know, 1983, 84, you're applying to places, trying to get in to be an associate. What is that process like at that time? Um, well, <clears throat> there wasn't too many. There wasn't too many dentists, you know, willing to take somebody right out of dental school. And at that time, back then, um, interest rates were kind of high, so everybody thought you were kind of crazy by starting your own dental school or your own dental practice. Um, the big HMOs weren't that big yet. They weren't coming around, but there were a few around that you could go to, but uh, it just didn't appeal to me. So what drew you to dentistry in the first place? 
Um, actually, it was my uh, childhood dentist growing up. Uh, had him. Uh, he would, uh, of course, I was like anybody else going to the dentist twice a year. And uh, he kind of persuaded me to look into it. So uh, went to college, got a biology major. Out of college, took a year off. Ended up working in a dental practice as a dental assistant for about a year and a half. And from there, I went into a dental laboratory for about another year and learned how to carve cast crowns and stuff like that. So that really gave me the incentive like, yeah, I can do this. I want, I really want to do this. What's been the most exciting? Go, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Judd. Uh, that's just, that's an unusual track. Uh, that, right. that Dr. George took because um, at least, I mean, just my perception of the modern dentist, it's, it's right out of undergrad and into dental school. And how would you say that you know, your time in a laboratory and your time as an assistant changed the way you think about how you practice? You know, the techniques are different. Technology came along even since graduating dental school. I mean, the technology has just been unbelievable. Um, getting out of the amalgam process, you know, of drill and just fill, and now getting into the cosmetic aspect of it, doing endo with uh, with electric and uh, electric driven hand pieces. I mean, it's just it's just totally changed. It's it's made our life easier going 3D, so to speak, with the uh, with the intraoral imaging, the scanners, the uh, the CBCT machines, I mean, it's changed a lot. Do you feel like because you worked in the lab uh, and you were an assistant, you have a little bit, you can see things from the lens of both your assistants and the lab to some extent? Some oh, yeah. Empathy there. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, like the first two years of dental school, I had a little edge because, you know, when you first take those alginate impressions on each other and pour them up and you don't know what you're doing and they're having you measure every little gram of stone and every little ounce of water and you just put the stone in a bowl and get some water in there and start mixing and pouring up and people are looking at you like, geez, you've done this before. <laughs> you know, so... So those, and, and then just understanding some of the dental anatomy coming into school too was, was a benefit. You know, you didn't have to really stress or worry about it that much because it just came so natural. And then just to have an interaction with patients, um, that, that really helped too. What would you say that you were the biggest surprise for you when you, um, you know, when you got into dentistry that you, that you weren't really ready for? I think the business aspect, you know, when you, you know, you're technically you're skilled, but when you come out, you know, you, you don't know anything about, um, so to speak, the HR aspect of it, hiring people, benefits, uh, taxes that you have to pay, you know, that's just, a reminder on that, by the way, <laughs> you know, that's, that's just, I mean, that's just hands-on learn as you go, you know, yeah, you were given, um, you were given, uh, some, uh, little lectures from CPAs through the dental school that, you know, when you get out, contact us, we'll help you out, you know, so 
I mean, you, you had no, we had no idea. We had no idea what it is, you know, on the profit mar loss margin, you know, I mean, you were just so happy to do dentistry. You really didn't focus on doing numbers. You were just like, God, I did a DO today in 40 minutes. You know, that's really <laughs> exciting. I did a crown prep in less than an hour and a half. Jeez, I'm getting really fast. <laughs> and then when you start paying attention to it, when you start looking at the, the balance sheet after a couple months and you're like, oh, yeah. Then what? Yeah. How then it's call? like, how do, you, how do you calibrate? Geez, uh, don't I get a vacation this year or how am I going to make a living doing this? <laughs> so what'd you do? How did you calibrate to it? Well, you just figured out how to expand your services. You know, I mean, uh, uh, thankfully in my GPR, I learned how to take teeth out. So I, I started doing, you know, a lot more extractions than, than referring out. And I had more time to do extractions. And it's like anything else. The more you do, the faster you get, the more confidence you get. And so you start doing, uh, you start doing that. I went back, took some CE courses on how to do uh, full mouth constructions, you know, and learn how to present those. Uh, just started hitting the CE very heavy to expand my skills and, uh, do a do a good understanding that way and just not presenting tooth by tooth dentistry but trying to present full mouth comprehensive treatment plans to patients so with ce so this it's this is uh interesting you know i think you know the listeners of our show know that you know i come from the orthodontic community and jay's been pretty deeply embedded with the orthodontic community as well what's interesting is fascinating for for us in the dental community is You've got so many choices of things that you can work on mm -hmm. and CE you can take to get into more cosmetic procedures that, you know, can be more profitable. Um, how do you make those choices on where you want to go and place your bets and use your time? Well, back, you know, back when I got out, we didn't have that. There wasn't a whole lot of choices. You know, like today you got the webinar, seems like everybody's given free CE or the webinar, all these different organizations you can go on and get CE. But um, how I got hooked on it uh, through the uh, American, uh, it was the uh, Academy of General Dentistry. Uh, there was a fellow dentist in Red Wing. He got me involved going to their CE programs. And then uh, from there, I went to a seminar with cosmetics, my wife and I, we went out to a cosmetic seminar out in Colorado where I listened to Bill Dickerson and David Hornbrook um, present their stuff. And from there, it was just like, wow, I got to do this curriculum that, that Bill Dickerson was doing. And uh, went out to LVI then and started hitting through all that to learn all the cosmetics, the occlusion, and... Uh, it just it just kept going from there. When cool. when you were you know as you've thought about doing all of these different things, testing, uh, getting into cosmetic dentistry and expanding your practice, what kind of business lift do you see when you take on one of these new? Would it be considered a, a, a procedure? Is that how we would quantify? It? Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Um, I'll tell you, I, I think I hit the cosmetic scene at the right time. Uh, it was in the mid nineties. People were really concerned with appearance. You know, they had that ABC TV show, extreme makeover with Bill Dorman mm. at the time, you know, so that was doing a lot of, uh, promoting on, on the cosmetics. So all you had to do was, 
you know, get some brochures out or mention to people that you can do a smile makeover for them or stuff like that. And it, it was almost like it was a, a no brainer. It was an easy sale. You could show them before and after and, and geez, the, it was like, okay, I'm, I, I'm there. I'm, I'm finally making a profit out of what I'm doing. And is that what kind of encourages you to like keep adding lines or trying things new? Cause like at the beginning we said you were progressive and I would say that because you're working with someone like on demand orthodontist and you expand mm -hmm. your practice. So, you know, I, I just kind of want to understand your thinking and what it's done for you personally. Okay. Well, you know, you come out of dental school, like I was saying earlier, it was like, wow, I did a crown prep in an hour and a half, you know, and then all of a sudden you're, you're like, okay, I'm down to like maybe a 60, 70 minutes of my time. And then you're, you're sitting there doing composites and amalgams and it's just, you know, it's, it's repetitive dentistry, repetitive dentistry. And, and you're kind of like, okay, I'm at a point where I want to be challenged. I want something new. I want to, I, I want to learn a new technique. And so then you get into cosmetics and, and that was a lot of fun and, and seeing it. And at the time uh, when I was going out to LBI, I uh, brought a classmate out and he was doing ortho at the time, going through ortho seminars. And I was using him as a patient out on LBI. And then he was like, geez, George, we got to flip flop. I'll teach you. I'll tell you where to go for ortho and I can come out to LBI. So I got back. Uh, from doing all my LBI courses, I said, yeah, I, I want to learn ortho uh, because I was at a stage in my career where I was seeing kids coming in with TMJ issues and they had four bias extracted. And I'm like, oh man, how do I treat these kids? I have no idea. So dentist in uh, John, my friend guided me to Dr. Jay Gerber in um, Parkersburg, West Virginia. He had, uh, he's a general dentist, uh, emphasized TMJ work and, um, and orthodontics. And so I went down first and did his uh, TMJ seminars and felt really comfortable doing TMJ work. And then he told me at the end of that, he says, you're going to be doing ortho by the time you get finished with my TMJ stuff. And that's kind of what that's happened. That's where I started doing it. That's what happened. So, what do you think is next after this? Sorry, Judd. I'm just you know this is my last. No, question. no, no. I'm I, you're on the right track. It's fascinating. It, so, so um, what you, as somebody who keeps expanding, does it ever stop for you? And what do you think is next? And where is it going? In your opinion? Well, that's that's an interesting question. Uh, I'm at that age where I I think I can start slowing down a little bit. Nah. <laughs> but but my <laughs> wife is like. If there's nothing on TV, if I don't have a book to read, I'm watching a webinar and she goes, you would never get tired of it, do you? No. Nope. <laughs> so, it's just uh, keep going. I mean, it's hard when you're passionate about something, especially what I find nowadays is having the internet and having access to every expert ever that I can learn from. It's hard not to just gobble it all up, you know? Exactly. I don't want to stop because it's cool. I want to be yeah. great at what I do or, and at least want to like have a reason to keep going, you know? Exactly. Exactly. New techniques, uh, new products. What's, what's going to be better for the patients out there overall. That's the whole goal right there. That's why I love when, technology. When you, 
When you look at all the procedures that you have taken on, George, over the years, what and and obviously it's going to be hard to speak for the aggregate of dentists, but for you, what was the most daunting going in? And where it's like, okay, that one's I gotta think about this one different. I would say ortho. You know, you just don't go to a weekend course and say you can do ortho. I mean, it was it was a period of maybe two years of hitting three to four weekends a month. You know, I'm talking about a Friday, Saturday, and a Sunday, you know, to to really get a good grip on it, you know, and then start doing start doing your patients. And uh, it was you had nobody there to help you. The local orthodontist could help you because they were taking away their business. So you always try to find, you know, Dr. Gerber, I had this question, or he'd bring you, you know, every time you went down there, you could bring, bring your cases and then discuss them and stuff. But, you know, you just, it's, it's hard during the middle of the day, if you get a patient in, you take off the wires and geez, this tooth isn't moving right. Or why is this doing this? And it takes three or four days to get, get, get an answer. And, and that's, the, that was the frustrating part of it right there. And uh, just a little scary at first, you know, you try to, start with simple cases and all of a sudden you see an impacted canine case and you go, God, I want to try that. And then when you realize that those impacted canines could take anywhere from a six to nine month addition into just doing your ortho, you kind of go, boy, was I stupid to do that. (laughs) (laughs) Why, Why is, why is just more of a technical question. Why do you think, you know, orthos and and i've heard uh, some version of what you just said from many other dentists why do you think technically it's a little bit more daunting than say like even an all-on-four is an example i think uh if you if you're experienced in oral surgery um if you're comfortable taking teeth out laying flaps you know doing a implant all-on-four it's, it's, yeah, there's a challenge there and you have to have a, a game plan going in. Um, but that's just a continuation of those surgical skills that you built on. Whereas ortho, it's like, it's, there's so much to, to learn first bracket design, different bracket design, Ceph reading, um, you know, what's, what's a normal expansion, you know, how can you move teeth this way and that way and the different wires and what they do and how do you retain this and the growth of the kid, where are they at, at this growth spurt and this growth spurt. Um, that was the uncertainty. And, and then of course, when you go back to like a four and four, it's like, boom, boom, boom. You got plan A, plan B, plan C, and it go you go from start to finish, whereas an ortho, it's like, okay, let's throw this wire in. Let's hope everything gets straight in a line. And then we go to the next wire. But what happens if it doesn't get straight or it doesn't line up right? Then where do I go? Who's going to help me out here? Because <laughs> I'm not the orthodontist. And in school, dental school, back when I was in school, we just had a couple ortho lectures and and that was it. I don't even think we bent a wire. I mean, maybe we put a band on a molar a space maintainer. And that was about it. What would you say? I mean, uh, obviously we're working with one another, but as far as what you see out there in the community with, with ortho and, and education, did you, th- I mean, I would presume that there's a lot more optionality 
these days and things that you can do. What's, what's your, what's your take and assessment of the, the educational community for dentists, for ortho, and um, how does it look compared to, to when you got in? You mean as general dentist, what's available? Mm -hmm. Well, I think mm -hmm. there's more on the internet now, you know, um, I think uh, of the digital age is coming in. I'm not going to, I don't think I'll see too many general dentists graduating that will go back and learn straight wire technique. You know, I think they will want to come out and hit the aligners running. Um, and then if they do have a case that's going to require straight wire or even more orthodontic surgery, they'll refer to the orthodontist. Yeah. But I, I just, I just don't see, I just don't see the younger dentist wanting to, to uh, tune into ortho because of the time commitment. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's the biggest factor. Oh. They want something a little more easier and simpler and, and guide me and I can do it. Tell me about your decision to work with on-demand orthodontists. Well, I started doing Invisalign and Invisalign wanted, I have a, a three-shape intraoral scanner. And so when I started working with Invisalign, they wouldn't take the three-shape intraoral scanner. Um, so I was taking impressions. Sending them down to Costa Rica, you know, for your clin check, pictures, all that stuff. And it seemed like every other impression we got, I'm, I'm, I got great, great assistance. They've been with me for a long, long time. And one used to work for an orthodontist. So she's very capable of doing good alginates or, or uh, the putty impressions. And it seemed like every impression we took, you know, there's a little bubble on the distal buckle of 15 or two or 31 or something like that. They wouldn't accept it. And I'm just like, geez, this is just crazy. We're not even putting brackets back there or attachments back there. So why are they being so picky on some of these things? And, and so some of the cases that we got, you're always taking impressions to try to get okay. And then some would be okay. And then you'd, open up your Invisalign thing and you do the clean check and you're just like, boy, what are, what are these attachments? Why is this attachment this way? Why is this attachment pointing in this way? And uh, so you, I was started trying to find information. I went on Invisalign website, did some of their online stuff to explain the clean check and try to understand it better. And um, did some cases and they were okay, but I thought they could be better but I couldn't figure out who to talk to because it was a communication issue between me and Invisalign. You know, you, you call down there, you got to call back, you know, it's, it's a cat and mouse game trying to get somebody to help you out. And uh, patients got frustrated if they were back in to take a new impression to do a refinement because they needed something else. It, it just got to be a lot of work. So I just happened to live Next to a gentleman who worked for Armco, he came into my office one day and uh, said, how's it going, George? What are you up to? And I started talking to him. He says, uh, are you doing any uh, aligner cases? And I said, yeah, I'm working with Invisalign right now. He goes, how's it going? I said, I'm frustrated with it. I'm just totally frustrated. 
and uh, he said, "Well, you got to call. You got to call John up in North Dakota because I'm bailing you out." <laughs> and I said, he "Put me on." And and so uh, I met with John. Did a few uh, uh, FaceTimes with Judd. Got to know the procedure. John came on some of my Invisalign cases and designed them for me, and worked with him and saw the results that he could do. And I was like, wow, this is a no-brainer. This is a no-brainer for me. And then just the whole line of communication was better. It's just been a godsend. That's awesome. I'm, I'm really glad that it's worked out. That's what Judd has been talking about, that that's what it, it can really change practices, you know, from you know, just taking, making life easier and allowing practices to make more cash. And I, right. I think it's cool. And, you know, because he's just starting out uh, the, and they're getting their feet under them and they're adding more practices, it's so good to start to hear some of the feedback from the people who are benefiting. So thank you for sharing that with us. That's awesome. You bet. Uh, quick, quick note on George. Um, it, it takes a progressive, I mean, don't matter what profession you're in, dentistry, you know, tech, medical, it takes a progressive person to see an opportunity and to take advantage of that thing. And, you know, I think it's mutually exclusive at the beginning of the conversation with Dr. George is talking about how he's doing CE and his wife saying, why are you doing CE? He's like, cause I like to learn. <laughs> and he, and he wants to, he wants to advance himself and get better. So big credit to, to you, Dr. George, because you know, you're, um, it's, it's, I'll just say, cause Dr. George is one of the early ones. And, um, for me, you know, at the end of the day, I know for Dr. George, his, his patients are his North star. And that, at the end of the day, it's all about the patient. Right. And, and what's been really cool is seeing, seeing those, those, those smile morphs come in with Dr. George you know, and, and we're just like, you know, on our communication platform, it's like, damn, yeah. did you see that? And, you know, and George is like, yeah, I just saw her yesterday. She's, she's looking great. She's tracking. But it's like, I mean, it, it, we, we really are partners and working together. And that's that's been special because it's not like, hey, see you at the bar every few months. It's like it's it's different. It's, it's special. Yes. Yeah, it really that's, is. It's uh, That's what's cool about dentistry and orthodontics. It's, it's the, the, it's a lot of the relationships are very, you know, partner based and not vendor based, which makes it a, just a much more enjoyable experience. It really is. Um, you know what they've done at ODO with John and Angie, it's been great. It's been awesome. I'm very, so glad. Very helpful. Yeah. We got to get Angie on here. What are we doing? <laughs> Bring her on the next one. If you're in the Red Wing, Minnesota area, and you're looking to deal with dental issues or get a great smile, make sure you go to neverendingsmiles.com and go see Dr. Noisen and his team. Uh, they are fantastic and they really care, as you can tell, about what they're doing. And uh, they're doing some cool stuff with our partners at ODO. So, you know, we're always going to push for that. Dr. Noisen, thank you for your time today. We really appreciate you. Hey, you bet. No problem. Judd. Been, been good, Dr. George. Thank you. 
Yeah, Judd, thank hey, you thanks so for much. all you do. We'll, we'll see you again uh, tomorrow on our, uh, or, or, or Monday, on our communication platform. On our communication sure. platform and uh, at the end of the month at the state meeting. Yeah, yeah, we're going up. A quick note on, on Dr. George before we depart. I have seen him become in, in a master in gifts. <laughs> he, he, Jay, Dr. George, when we started your gift game, I probably put you about a three, Dr. George. But now, <laughs> I mean, you, you know, he finds those deep cut ones that you didn't know were there. <laughs> it's, it's very situational, you know, appropriate. Uh, it's gotten to the point where I'm texting John. I'm like, man, did you see Joe? That was, that was good. Did you see what he said? <laughs> <laughs> it's been a pleasure, man. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. If you are looking for digital marketing for your practice, please contact BrainBytes Creative at brainbytescreative.com. Digital marketing is your fastest way to more starts. Contact BrainBytes Creative today. Geographic exclusivity, no contracts, just digital marketing that really works visit brainbytescreative.com. If you are a dental clinician and are interested in creating more revenue for your practice, look no further than the on-demand orthodontist. ODO provides end-to-end aligner treatment guidance and materials so you can profitably deliver smile transformations to most malocclusions in four appointments or less. Visit ondemandorthodontist.com. On behalf of the Get It Straight podcast, I'm Jason Sorotin. We'll see you next time.